Are you a business owner, entrepreneur, or executive who's working hard at living a good story? What if you can start living a better one? Welcome to Living a Better Story, a podcast that goes deep and clears away the good so that you can be great. Hosted by Chad Burmeister and Rich Blakeman, we get you into alignment with your God-given purpose here on planet Earth. Don't settle. A better story is waiting for you to invest in yourself and living a better story. Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister and I'm your host of the Living a Better Story podcast and I'm here today with Kevin Parker. Kevin was actually referred to me by one of my great friends and it turns out one of Kevin's great friends too, Daryl Stinson, second chance athletes. If you don't know Daryl, you should and uh, I'm just it's really a privilege to be able to, uh, you know, when you have great friends that are at that depth of level, then you know their friends are also at that depth. So Kevin Parker, welcome to the show. It's an absolute pleasure to be on your show. I was looking forward to it all week. Uh, I'm really excited to connect with your audience and uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, um, let's start right with that. True, I mean, just seeing the images, true warrior success man, lately I've been thinking about the need for communion for people. And what I'm envisioning is a shield with the word communion on it, right? Community, communion, and and warrior. And I also believe that I'm called by God to be a warrior for him. What what does true warrior success mean? Tell, Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I really, truly believe that everybody has a God-given talent, a God-given purpose, and we have we all have a warrior inside of us. Unfortunately, uh, through life and through circumstances, we don't necessarily unlock that and live to our full potential, which is why I created a recovery, recovery coaching, life coaching, uh, training, and speaking business to really help people see their true potential and unlock the true warrior within Got it. Recovery being a key part of that. Um, I'm sure just like all of us may know somebody or, you know, who had COVID and we also know somebody who's recovering from something, an addiction of some sort. Um, Is that, that's obviously that's the kind of recovery you're talking about or what other types of recovery do you work with? Uh, Well, I specialize specifically in drug uh, and alcohol recovery, sex addiction recovery, all types of addictions, process addictions, all types of things like that. But really recovering from anything in life. Uh, it can be depression, it can be anxiety, it can be an overwhelming circumstance that you thought that you weren't going to be able to surpass. And really just giving you the strength to do it on your own is really what I specialize in. But I have a lot of recovery from alcohol and drug addiction. Got it. But that certainly expands the net. All of us probably have something we're recovering from, right? And it's a lifelong process. Correct. So this is going to be fun. Well, let's let's go back. I like to rewind the tape and say, think about when you're six, seven, eight years old, some of your first memories. And what specifically, what do you recall being passionate about when you were younger? Well, as far as hobbies, I love to climb trees. I love to connect with nature. I was always building some kind of fort, uh, playing sports with my friends, really just being active, being outside and, and you know, connecting with nature and other people was really one of the things that I truly loved as a six-year-old kid. And where, which part of the country was this in? I was in Staten Island, New York, uh, when it wasn't as urban and city-like as it was, as it is now, uh, a good place to grow up. 
Yeah. See, I think of forts and I think of uh, the blizzard of 87 in Colorado when we got two or three feet of powder and we made the biggest fort in the front yard you could. Uh, <laughs> we liked to try to build the tree forts, but that always cost money. And so we didn't always get to build those kinds of cool forts. <laughs> yeah, we had a pretty bad blizzard ourselves in Staten Island in New York uh, in 95. Uh, we had about two, two and a half feet of snow. And that igloo fort that we created lasted almost well into the summer because it was so it was so jam packed with snow. It was wow, pretty cool. That, that's pretty cool. So sports, uh, hanging out, building, adventuring. I hear that a, a lot. If you think about how that relates to what you ended up doing, you know, now, is there any kind of line that connects those two things from then to now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the collaboration it takes to to overcome a situation uh, when it be when it's dealing with coaching, really creating something out of nothing, uh, looking at a, uh, an issue or a problem and creating something beautiful and magical that really works, that serves a purpose in our lives. Back then, it was making a fort that we can hang out with and uh, and really enjoy our environment uh, now it's creating a life that we truly love to live that's sustainable for whether it's sobriety or happiness or abundance and success man i've seen a few people that i know go through ins and outs with sobriety and and it gets so close and then seven and a half months and you know oh i saw an ex-girlfriend and you know we hung out and she was drinking and so, so did I, or those kinds of stories. How do you find that someone who seems pot committed to being sober and then seven months in that happens? Like, how do you get to the 10 and 20 year marks? What's the secret? Well, I, I wish I could lie to you and tell you that there's just a cookie cutter answer to that question, but there's not. Uh, Recovery in itself is a multifaceted approach. It's a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual overhaul of your life. It's really like looking within and seeing where your character defects are and uh, creating a life that you love to live. Because the fact of the matter is truly happy people, truly content people don't do drugs. That's just the way that it is. There's got to be something that's uh, making you want to use whether you don't feel like you're enough, whether you don't feel comfortable in your own skin, you don't feel loved. It can be uh, a combination of a bunch of different things. But if you create a life that you truly love living, uh, there's really no room for uh, addiction. So I really set up with their physical approach, make sure they're eating healthy, make sure they're exercising, they're getting the natural endorphins and serotonin and dopamine that people crave. Uh, and then I go into their mental and emotional aspects and I make sure that they have a spiritual life because all of these components are really, really powerful. And the fact of the matter is everybody's an addict. Uh, and people say, I'm not an addict. Well, yes, you are, because we're all wired to be addicts of pleasure. Uh, that's the way our brains are created. We're created to seek dopamine and serotonin and endorphins. Just because your favorite flavor of pleasure is different than mine doesn't make you any different on a, on a primal level. Uh, some are healthier than others, but uh, I like to try to um, switch up a unhealthy addiction, whether it be drugs or alcohol for something that's more healthy. Maybe it might be working out or eating healthy or serving our community or, you know, praying, God, praising God. I mean, all of those things can be uh, addictive in nature.
Mm, love it. Well, I think of my drinking habits from, you know, what, 18, 19, probably a few years before I was supposed to be. And for me, it was, I was a pretty shy kid. And so if I had three beers and I'm out at a party in a field somewhere in the mountains, then my talk track improved. And so I, at least I put that in my mind. Mm. And so that worked for me through college and then post-college. And, and I almost felt like I was developing my social capability on one scale, but then if I don't have alcohol on another scale, oh, oh I'm going to be two notches below. And, and I, that's literally what I told myself. And, and it took a while for me to catch up and go, you know what? I'm actually better socially adept when I have all my senses than when I don't. And when I'm spitting alcohol on somebody and looking like an idiot, but it took me, it, it, I had to internalize and understand all that before I was able to actually do something about it. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I'm glad that you were, uh self-reflective and wise enough to realize that you are better sober. You are, when you have your wits together with you, you are, uh, you did it for the specific reason. You didn't feel comfortable in your own skin. You thought that you were better with an additive to it. And the fact of the matter is you're not, um, there's, there may be some issues that you might have to deal with, with anxiety or confidence or something like that. But those, uh, problems are easier faced head on with a clear, sober mind. That's right. That's just, that's just the facts. Well, it's funny. Now I, I'll hold something. So I think one of my outlets, I, I'm probably ADD or ADHD or never diagnosed, but uh, I notice that I'm always have something in my hand, whether it's a paper clip or whatever. <laughs> that's a nice little uh, fidget that works very well. It's a hack. It keeps your mind off the bad things. That's right. Yeah. So think. thinking about everybody that I have on this podcast, has had something that they've had to face. And I like to kind of paint it as at the time, it felt like the biggest mountain you had to climb over, go around, go under, tunnel through, whatever. Um, something that you're comfortable sharing. And, you know, having talked with you for a short period, I think you're probably comfortable sharing everything that you've experienced in life. <laughs> um, what, what painful memory happened to you or, or what did you have to experience in life that now looking back, you're like, man, if I didn't go through that, life wouldn't be the same. Yeah, uh, well, it's great that you asked that question. I actually wrote a book on it, if you see in the back, uh, Winning, Winning Against All Odds, Discovering the True Warrior Within, where I really share my entire full story. But the most impactful moment of my life that I, that I really thought had a huge impact that I thought I'd never get over, I'd never be able to get past was uh, I overdosed on painkillers that I was prescribed uh, and I ended up in a coma for three weeks. Uh, I was supposed to die. I died three times in the hospital. Nothing short of a miracle. I'm still here today. I had my rights read to me, my last rights. Uh, and at one point I was supposed to be completely brain dead and lose all four of my limbs uh, through the power of prayer. And just, uh, I, I believe God's will, uh, I survived. Uh, but not before losing my left leg. So I'm now an amputee. I lost my left leg below the knee. But I remember thinking, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? What kind of job am I going to have? What woman is going to want to marry a man with one leg when there are literally billions walking around with two? 
And I went on a real depression. I didn't know how I was going to handle it, what I was going to do, where, what part of this world really belonged to me, where I fit in. And I realized that no matter what your circumstances are, you can always turn your biggest weakness into your biggest strength. Either you're having a really, really good day or a good experience, or you're having a, a difficult experience that's created to fine tune you and mold you and strengthen you in a way that you don't even know. So what I can really say to everybody out there is no matter what you're dealing with, just know there's a rhyme or a reason or a purpose or something of value that you can pull from that experience that can help you grow and expand you and make you a better person. You might not be able to see it now, but 10, 20 years from now, you're going to be able to see the value from every experience in your life. Yeah, that's right, man. My son went through some, a burn accident in February and second, third degree burns face and hands because he was cooking. Right. And, um, so you go to the hospital and it's, it's parallels because he was in there for three weeks. Now he didn't go to the other side three times like you did. Um, but you know, his mom and I did, <laughs> that's for sure. Like just seeing your son in the level of pain and suffering and, you know, is, is his hands going to be okay? He even thought, am I going to lose three fingers in this? But what was neat is he went into it and he just said, he kind of thought he was going to lose them. And he was like, you know, it's just fingers. And then his other perspective was, hey, mom, dad, I'm so glad this happened to me. This was the day after it happened. I'm so glad this happened to me because now nobody else in our family ever has to deal with this. And you're just like, wow, how did he get that level of perspective in life to be able to face something in the moment that it's like, it's all going to be okay. And it's here for a reason. That's pretty neat. Um, another yeah. friend of mine, Antarctic Mike, Mike Pierce, his wife fell a hundred feet or something off of a cliff in Boulder before they got married, broke a lot of bones and barely made it. And I'm probably exaggerating, but it, it was close to hundred feet if I remember right. And you just think no way. Well, he now seeks the moments that are difficult for most people. So he trained in a freezer for months and then he went and ran a hundred mile ultra marathon in Alaska somewhere or at the North pole or wow. just so he could come out the other side with that new divine wisdom. Mm. So if you think about the stuff, this, if, if you're listening to this conversation, you just heard someone who lost their leg and then they made it through at the time you weren't thinking, this is awesome. Bring it on. I'm going to learn some stuff from this. But imagine if you knew that going in and you could have that mindset that whatever comes at you, bring it because I can deal with it. You know, you, you got there through a lot of work and a lot of years, but how powerful is that? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's truly amazing. Uh, I feel like uh, when, when, when God can turn your mess into your message um, and really strengthen you and embolden you in a way that you've never seen possible, so. It's a really beautiful thing. Amazing. Well, and so thinking about that, how long ago was the, was the accident? It was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Um, how is that now, like you said, turn your message into your, or your, your mess into your message. How's it, how's that now looking back? You go, you know what? It's, it's just, 
that's just what was meant to be. Like, how do you turn that into your message? It was the greatest thing that could have ever happened to me because uh, not only did it give me an experience where I was able to see what I was truly made of, but it also got me off of drugs. It was my rock bottom that gave me the chance to say, well, you know, I think, I think you had enough. I think you should stop doing that stuff because it's not good for you. And I have a constant reminder every time I put on my leg that that is not a good decision to make. Also, I've been able to connect with so many people, thousands of people over the last few years, uh, help people overcome addiction, help people overcome challenges and obstacles in their lives, strengthen them, inspire them through uh, speaking engagements and, and, and going to schools and, and talking to the kids and writing my book, working one-on-one -on -one with, with coaching clients of all walks of life all over the country. And it's been amazing that people can take my struggle and the pain that I've dealt with in my life and use it in their lives to move in the right direction. I always say, if I could change one life, help one family from going through what I went through, and I put my whole family through, then every single thing I went through was all worth it. And it's been way over more than one person I have affected over the years. Uh, and it's just been a true blessing to be able to make such an impact in this world and help so many people. And uh, I'm just truly grateful that I can do that. So I'm so thankful that it happened. Man, that's a great story. The greatest thing, I mean, putting those two things in the same sentence, right? The worst thing is the best thing. The greatest thing is the worst. I mean, and I think if you look in the Bible, that's very true over and over and over again. If you look at basketball, like a bad three free throw shooter becomes the best, if, you know, it just, mm. it plays over and over and over again. Yeah, he who exalts himself will be humbled and he who is humbled will be exalted. So uh, I truly believe that um, it took me a, a big humbling to to find my purpose in this world and, and really be able to add value to other people. Mm. So this question is, is it's almost hard for me to ask because I think the word wrong, but if you I'll ask it anyway and we can kind of go from there. But what would you like to accomplish that would change everything for you? And it's, I think when I talk to folks like yourself, you're already in the zone. And so it's, you know, it's hard to say, well, if I could only do this, a lot of people are always chasing the next ring. And when I talk to folks like you, it's like, I'm already, I'm already in the lane, but there's gotta be something that's out there that said, if this happened, that would be amazing. Yeah. Listen, I, if I died right now, my life would be complete. Uh, but I am always searching for more goals to make a bigger impact. I'm truly trying to impact a million people in this world. Uh, however, I can do that, whether it be um, speaking to different audiences or saving people's lives or getting them off of drugs or just saying something, one word, one phrase that changes and impacts somebody's life. Uh, is really, truly what I'm trying to do. So I'm trying to get into onto bigger stages in front of more people, connect with people more on a more intimate level, on a deeper level, and really just trying to make an impact on this world because there's so many beautiful things in this world, but uh, there's also a lot of things that go on in this world that I, I really don't agree with and I wish I can change and I wish I can make an impact on. 
And I just pray each and every single day that I can make that impact that God uses me for his will and, and, and helps people with the struggles that they're dealing with. Uh, and it, and it could take just one word. It could take a smile. I mean, you don't understand the impact you have on people. It could be walking right past somebody that's having a horrible day, just smiling at them. And you have no idea what kind of impact you have. So I'm really just trying to impact as many people. And, I, and my goal is 1 million at this point. Maybe in 10 years, it might be 50 million. You never know. So, Well, I think God put us on this conversation because next week I'm launching an app called 77pray.com. Hmm. And it's same goal, a million people. I want a million subscribers. The intention of it is wake up in the morning click a box. Did, did I pray? Could be 30 seconds. Doesn't, and I'm not giving you directions on how to pray. There might be some ideas, mm -hmm. but did you pray? Then did you read a Bible verse? It'll be randomized, comes into the app every day. Then you check a box. Did I invite someone to the app every day, right? Post it on Facebook, LinkedIn, or an SMS. Hey, mm -hmm. Kevin, I've been thinking about you. You should check this app out. It's basically free. It's a dollar a month and it's going to be for charities and raising money for people in need and then pray at the end of the day. There's two other capabilities, crowdsourcing difficult decisions. So you can post out, Hey, I got to decide, am I moving to mountains or staying in Denver? Boom. And then I have a problem I'm facing. Can you, can, can you please pray for me? And you'll be able to know how many people prayed for you. So, but what I haven't told anybody is that I want to put modules in to the app because now if once as we start growing to 10,000 and 50 and 100,000 people, there's going to have people who have certain situations they're dealing with. So the things that you do from a coaching perspective, there's another task box and it's already built into the app. So we can say, hey, make sure to do this. Maybe it's be grateful, right? I Like 12 steps, right? Gratefulness and prayer. And I mean, you could build the 12 steps into the app or some of the true warrior success pieces that you build, but now it gets delivered through an app. And we both have the same singular mission of a million people. And mm. We both come from the same place. Mm. So there might be a there there to uh, build out the some true synergy. warrior module. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. I'm definitely interested. Yeah, that's awesome. Um. I like to change this one up. So a lot of people ask, what would you tell your 20 year old self? And I think that one would be pretty obvious. <laughs> so let me chew a different thought experiment. You may never have heard this one. And I did this in an hour workshop one time. So I'm gonna give you the two minute version, but imagine you go out to your lawn right now or a big park and there's this huge bird that's there. It's like huge life size, yeah. you can jump on. And it's totally safe and you jump on it and it takes you 20 years into the future. And you go to wherever that is, whether it's the same house you're in now or somewhere, and you go find yourself in the world 20 years from now. And you get off this big, huge bird and you go knock on the door and you meet your future self in 20 years. And now take it all in, right? What's it smell like? What's it look like? What do you look like? And, and, and then, you shake your, your own hand and say something to yourself. And you're like, Hey man, good to see you. Now you've just talked five, 10 minutes. You're about to leave. You kind of explain, exchange pleasantries. You go back, get on the bird and you come back to here. And now I run that experiment like once a week now, because it can really, if you really vision out that future state talking to yourself, 
you can impact the here and now. What did, you know, I took you through the fast forward accelerated version, but did you see something there where you're like, hmm, that was different? Or what did you say to yourself or anything that came to mind in that exercise? Well, I, I just see myself in a place of connectedness. Um, uh, I definitely would not be living in New York City. Uh, I'd be out in nature. And I'd be living life on my terms because it's life is not about the rat race, about making a million dollars, about being super, super successful. It's really just making an impact and actually experiencing life. Uh, I see myself working a few hours a week, nothing crazy like that, but really pouring into other people. Um, and, and, you know, I've, the last few years I've gotten real spiritual and uh, I've connected with, 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 with my God. And, and um, I really just want to be able to give back. I really want to be able to disciple. I really want to be able to make my life a difference because I truly believe that uh, I was saved for a reason. And uh, it's not about my will, about my purpose. It's about, it's about his. And uh, really just being able to connect and fulfill whatever that might be. Um, and when, when I look into the future and I see where I am, I'm happy with where I am. I feel like I grow each and every single day. And where I just envisioned myself, where my life was, where where ultimately I'm going to be, I know that everything is going to be okay and it's going to be exactly where I'm supposed to be. So uh, I'm very, very happy in, in, in where the future uh, lies. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, all right, last question, and we've already touched on it, but sometimes different thoughts come up when I ask it this way, and that is what role does faith play in your journey? Uh, you know, thinking about when you were a kid, did you go to church? Like, talk us through how faith became part of your day in the life of? That is an excellent question because uh, growing up, I had no faith. Uh, my father was Catholic. My mother was uh, not practicing Protestant. I never was baptized or went to church or anything like that. They had no knowledge of anything. Uh, I would really identify myself as agnostic growing up. I didn't believe in anything. And if, you, and if there was something out there, prove it to me. Uh, unfortunately, this left a void in my heart that I was filling with synthetic things, uh, fleeting pleasures of this world, whether it was alcohol or gambling or sex or just any kind of pleasure I can get my hands on. Uh, and what I've learned in my life is that humans are created to worship. And no matter what we worship, it's going to consume us. So if you, if you worship money, you'll never have enough money. If you worship being good looking, you'll never be good looking enough. If you worship fame, you'll never be famous enough. If you worship God, it's 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 all abundant. It's omnipotent, omnipotent, omnipresent, and if there's abundant of it, and it can never be taken away from you because it's not of this world. See, when I was through my heavy addiction, I I didn't have anything to worship besides fame and fortune and all these things, fleeting pleasures of this world, and. I was never satisfied. I was never content. And there was this huge void in my heart. Not until I went through my experience of dying in the hospital and, and being saved, not of my strength, but uh, of, of his, uh, I went on this eight-year 
journey to figure out who God was for me. And I went to Buddhism and Judaism and Islam and Native American, New Age spirituality. I mean, I tasted the rainbow. I tried every single thing. And it, although there were components of it that were great and made sense and everything like that, there was always something missing. Uh, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I didn't understand why, but I was just yearning and searching and searching and searching until I walked into a Christian church one day and I heard the gospel for the first time. And I just started profusely crying. And um, a part of my heart that I never experienced in my life opened up. And that's really when I, when I uh, accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior about two years ago. And let me tell you, it was a, it was, a, it was, a, it was an experience. It was definitely the realest thing I ever experienced because the the tearing of the of the flesh and the spirit was such a profound experience. I mean, my 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 life was getting split into two, into all the things that weren't serving me and all the things that were serving me, whether I knew it or not. Uh, I I couldn't hang out with the same people. I couldn't listen to the same music. I was just so convicted in my heart, and my soul to do certain things that I knew it wasn't of me. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit because I, I would have never made these decisions myself. It was not of my life. It was not of my doing. It was not of my will. And no matter how much, how stubborn I was and how much I dragged my feet, I just had this overwhelming conviction to live a specific way. And let me tell you, I'm two years in and I'm still struggling with a lot of things, but uh, I just feel so much more peaceful because I have this, this entity, this spirit that is, is, is guiding me and navigating me and convicting me to let live a certain way. And it's such a gentle spirit that it, it, uh, when I fall, it, it, it dusts me up and it gets me back up and it puts me right on the back direction. And if I'm feeling stubborn or, or I want to do things my way, it's like, all right, try it your way. And it never seems to work out. It never seems to be as pleasurable as I thought it would be when I, when I concocted it in my mind. And as I, and I move closer and further into my faith, I realize that as, as more I submit, the more I receive, the more I, the more my life really kinds to un blossom into a beautiful, beautiful thing. And uh, I'm just so, so grateful that I've, I've, I've walked the walk that I've been walking and continue to walk. And, uh, and I, and I hope I can share that with somebody, anybody, because it's a really beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm, man. Uh, someone sent me this Bible verse the other day, and I think it fits here. Malachi 3.10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. And often I think of tithe as 10%, but think of the tithe as you also contributing, right? 10% of your time, time, talents, and treasures. It's not just about your treasures. It's about your time that there may be food in my house, meaning God's house. Test me on this, right? He doesn't usually want to be tested. But he says, test me on this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. And man, when you talk about seeking pleasure, there was a third party study that just came out during COVID. And it said people who have faith are two to three times more content and happy in life than people who don't. What do you say, Malachi three ten? Malachi three ten. I gotta, I gotta the remember. Floodgates, man. Because you hear the floodgates of hell before, where it's like unleash the floodgates of hell, but you don't hear quite often. Test me on this one. I'm gonna give you the floodgates of heaven, and that's what I feel that you're living in, 
and, and that Daryl's living in and that I'm living in. And I frankly think that's one of the side benefits of this COVID crud is that there's a lot more people who have kind of woken up. You talk about being woke. Now you're woke to God. <laughs> and that's a good thing to be woke to. <laughs> yeah, amen. Such a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. Well, hey, it's really fabulous having on the show today. Um, I guess you, there's one more question that, and I don't know if we answered this. So your mission, like we talked about impacting a million people. If you were, is, is that the mission or what, what would you say is your mission in life from here on forward? Well, ultimately uh, it's, it's impacting a million people, but it's being able to have that, that influence, that clout and, uh, really, I, I really want to bring people to God because all the glory from my life goes to God. I, I should not be here. I, I, I don't belong here. I should have died three times, more times than I can even imagine before that one experience. But I owe every single breath to him. And, uh, and I, I'm really just trying to uh, expand his kingdom and, and really, really grow in the Lord and really just be able to share that with more people than I can imagine because I don't have the impact that I can at this point but I know down the road when I continue to grow and and change people's lives and help them break free from the chains of addiction and and take an overhaul of their life and really really change people's lives on an intimate level and on a macro level I'll really be able to fulfill that uh that wish man I mean the craziest thing about this conversation is that when I went to Elevation Church in North Carolina and I would walk out and and I'm gonna, I'm just telling you how it is. I literally would say this. I would say, you could cut off my right leg and I still feel the power of God and, I, and it wouldn't matter. And now looking at you, talking to you, someone who's experienced it and gone through the gauntlet, it, it, I just got the chills and I heard the ring in my ear. And when that happens, I'm like, that's just God power and the Holy spirit. So, you know, thank you for sharing your message with the world because you can, if you lose your right or left leg, you still can make it to the other side. And you've just shown that that's actually true and it's possible. Yes. Amen. Amen, brother. Okay, everybody. We've been talking to Kevin Parker. His website is truewarriorsuccess.com. His phone number is listed right there, 917-200-3922. If you're struggling with addiction, it doesn't have to be drugs or alcohol. It could be an addiction to anything. Um, we, we, all we all know what, what we face, and it doesn't matter what it is. If, you're, if, you, if it's impacting your health, your marriage, your friends, or just your ability to function properly in this world, man, Kevin's your guy. So give him a call. I'm sure you do a, a session to talk through no strings attached. Yeah, absolutely. I love to see if it's a good fit on both ends because I don't, I won't take a client if I don't think I can help them. Uh, but there are so many addictions out there. There's internet addiction, there's gambling, there's pornography addiction, there's sex addiction, there's, you know, there's just so many different addictions out there that are really destroying people's lives and uh, video game addiction for kids. I mean, that's a huge thing right now. Uh, and people don't realize the impact that this has on their lives. And I'm really, really here to help. So reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Kevin, thank you for being on the show. We've been hearing from Kevin Parker. And this has been an amazing conversation. That's all I can say. 
I'll catch you on the next Living a Better Story. Kevin, thank you for your time. Thank you for your, uh, your testimony. And thank you for your mission. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to another episode of Living a Better Story. We hope that today's show has inspired you to cultivate a better understanding of yourself so you can discover your God-given purpose and start living a better story. For the show notes, visit livingabetterstory.org forward slash podcast, where you can also find other helpful resources. Connect with us and join us again next time for another purposeful show.